Amen. All right. She didn't even need my help with these fancy handrails. We're to the point where we're to the point we look out for each other. We point out trip hazards because we know we don't heal up as fast as we used to. And uh, she said, be careful up there. There's a bunch of cords. And I said, there's two cords. I think I can stay between them. Amen. But we do. We look out for each other. We see steps or, you know, something in the way. She said, look at those Dave Burgeon handrails. Yeah, I'm famous for overkill. Nothing dainty, you know, let's, uh, you know, if one inch is good, a inch and a half, two inches is better. And she noticed that. She goes, wow, it looked like you could have designed them. I couldn't have installed them, but I could have designed them. And then she said they even painted them black just for you. Amen. Black is the new black. I don't know. But anyway, take your Bible tonight and go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Appreciate the good spirit uh, here still because it's always been a good spirit. When you're gone a couple years and, you, and you, you know, you're making a schedule and you're asking God what to do and, and then, you know, you're going to do what you're supposed to do with God's help wherever you go and some places are more fun than others. Just That's the way it should be. Boy, I get in here, and uh, I hear a little comment from one end of the room to the other about how you guys are glad that we're here. And, man, I'll tell you what, that goes a long way to dispel what the devil tries to tell us day in and day out. You know, you ain't making a difference. You ain't doing no good. And, uh, and uh, we don't believe him. We know he's a liar and all that stuff. We're going to keep going. But it is refreshing. To be in a place where you feel just a little bit appreciated. And you guys make us feel that way. And it's Bible. We're supposed to be hospitable and things like that. And you guys, you guys live up to it. And I want to make, I just want to say that and uh, tell you that uh, on behalf of Mrs. Wonderful and I, we appreciate it very much. Colossians chapter 3. All right, look with me uh, in verse 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, and uh, Paul writes this to a church, a church similar to this right here, probably smaller, probably not in a, well, I'd say definitely not in a nice building like this, but I remember when you weren't in a nice building like this. I, I remember when you started out just doing the best you could, amen, and uh, God blesses, and if you give God the glory, uh, he'll bless more. And if you take the glory, you'll find out you can't make the payments or fix the roof, whatever. But you've been careful to give God the glory, and he deserves it. And, uh, and uh, this church is similar to this one, and the church we're talking about here is similar to this one, in that they're New Testament believers saved by grace through faith. So that's what I'm talking about. Verse 12 says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies and kindness, uh, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Uh, it says, put on therefore. And, and, and so when you see therefore, well, take a moment and, and determine what it's there for. Because it's always referring to something else. Amen. And the something else begins in verse 1 where he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and goes down 
through some very, very good verses. And, uh, and, uh, but the key to the thing that I want to point out is, he says, if ye then be risen with Christ. When this thing was presented the first time as a letter, as an epistle, uh, they would put Colossians 3 right in about the middle of the letter. And, and it's interesting to me that he began it with these words, you know, if, if. In other words, if you're saved. And he, he just didn't take it for granted that everybody that was going to be in the hearing of the epistle being read was a born-again Christian. And it would be foolish for us to assume that in a church service, any church service, and Lord willing, uh, because we pray, because we witness, because uh, we reach out uh, uh, and invite, uh, Lord willing, the potential for a lost person should always be in our midst. So sometimes we preach, and a lot of times we're ministering mostly to Christians, and that's, that's appropriate, but boy, I'll tell you what, don't take it for granted. That's why I always give the gospel. That's why I always give an invitation. Amen. And uh, so he says this to these Christians, and he tells them, put on, therefore, as the elect of God. In other words, they're risen with Christ. These are saved people. They've trusted in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for them. If you're risen with Christ here, if you're saved, well, then this would apply. He says, put on, bow, again, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Then he goes on to verse 13, says, forbearing one another. That means putting up with each other. We're different. Uh, you're different from each other. You're different from Christians 500 miles from here, 1,000 miles from here. 2,000 miles from here. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. As different as we are in Christ, we're brothers and sisters. So we need to go the extra mile, whatever that means, uh, uh, go the distance to, to have a little grace. It says forbear. Uh, 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 that means have grace. That means be willing to give one another the benefit of the doubt even if they do something that could be perceived as a wrong toward you. Because the verse goes on and says, uh, uh, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you. Amen. I've had people say unkind things about me or somebody in my family and uh, things that in the flesh I would deal with in a certain way. And, uh, and as a Christian, I'm not going door to door like the old days, but I might be tempted to harbor bad feelings, and we all are. So he reminds us here, as well as in Ephesians chapter 4, where it says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And again, he makes that same case here, even as Christ forgave you. What he's saying here is that uh, regardless, offenses must come, but regardless, nobody has ever done anything to you that begins, remotely begins to compare with what your sin did to Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I forgave you. Pause. Good. There. There you are. <laughs> I just realized that I'm this thing, you know. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, he says, put on 
put on these things. Let me see, verse 14, I'll read it. And it says, above all, uh, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. That's, our, that's what we're shooting for. That's our goal. And I got looking at that thing, and it says, put on, put on, put on. And in previous in the chapter, it says, put off. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. And I just want to remind you of something. Uh, you're going to have to make a point to do that. You're going to have to make effort to do that. Uh, okay, Sunday morning, you want to wear your best. You take your clothes out of the closet, whether it's a man or a lady, either one. Uh, you can stand in front of the closet and say, yes, I'm going to wear that suit, or ma'am, I'm going to wear that dress. Isn't it, isn't it, aren't you glad that it really is that simple? I mean, because it's the women that wear the dresses, and uh, I couldn't help it. I don't know what happened there. Amen. And you know, don't tell us, well, I'm going to wear that uh, suit today, and that tie, and those shoes, and you just stand there. Nothing happens. Why? Because they ain't going to put themselves on. You got to put them on. And these admonitions to put on some things for the child of God require some effort. Sometimes we want our Christianity to be like, like our salvation itself. Jesus Christ did all the work, and thank God he did. But to grow as a Christian, to be of any value to our Savior as a child of God, there's some effort required on our part. Amen. So that's, uh, now we're down to verse 15. We're getting where I'm trying to get. It says this, verse 15. Do not break that. And let the peace, the next verse, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know, there are decisions in life, many, and uh, some are easy. I mean, by use of the word of righteousness, Hebrews chapter 5, you have your senses exercised that you may discern both good and evil. And so you make choices. And the word of God will give you a clear direction as which choice. But you know, all choices aren't aren't as black and white as good and evil. Amen. Uh, sometimes this may be a good idea, and this may be a good idea, and we, we want good ideas. We want, Lord willing, we want to uh, do something for God or at least be in the will of God. And, and you might be presented with more than one choice, and be careful because Jeremiah 17 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I've noticed this. I'll say this about myself, but my wife will amen it. I can talk myself into just about anything. Boy, once we get an idea in our head, and uh, we're good at overcoming obstacles, and sometimes that obstacle is the still, small voice of God saying no, and we're cranking the volume. What was that? What was that? I'm telling you what, the key, my pastor impressed this upon us for 10 years. Uh, uh, let the How do you know which way to go? Let the peace of God. You might be presented with more than one choice. And it, it, in and of themselves, they mean nothing bad, nothing evil, nothing wicked. But still, one's going to be better. One's going to be the best. That's why he says, in, in, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he 
shall direct thy paths. And sometimes we get, we get a little skill at making the right decisions and we, then we start trusting in ourselves. And the previous verse in, he, in Proverbs 3 says, lean not onto your own understanding, and I'm good at that, and so are you. That's why there's an admonition to be careful about that. Amen. So let the peace of God rule in your heart. The preacher would say, okay, pray about stuff. Don't work it out in your head. Give it to God. Pray about it. Ask God for peace. Amen. And your odds are going to go way up of making the right decision. I would say this. Let the peace of God rule in, I want to say it right, your hearts. It's so important to use the right pronouns these days. Boy, somebody's going to have to explain some things to me. I don't get that at all. It's not a he. It's not a she. That doesn't make it a they. That makes it an it. I'm not being ugly. I went to public school. Amen. Back when it was, well, pretty bad then too. But anyway, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That's what you want. Let me say this about it. If the peace of God rules, it doesn't say resides. Oh, I'm a child of God. I read my Bible. I love Jesus. There's things I won't do, and there's things I should do, and I think I'll do. No, it doesn't say resides. It says rules. I'm talking about heaven. Perfect, clear direction. If the peace of God rules in your heart, can I tell you, how could there be room for bitterness? How could there be room for pride? When anything would exalt itself above the Savior, flags would go up if the peace of God rules in your heart. Amen. How could there be room for division and envy? And these are just characteristics of, of, of human beings, saved or not. And we have to fight against those things. This isn't automatic. But I'm telling you, the importance of the precept of letting the peace of God rule in your heart would sure save us a lot of trouble, wouldn't it? I sure appreciate Brother Eastep giving us that. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let me say this about it. The peace of God is the fruit of walking with God. Bible says the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians, or Galatians. I mean, evangelists make stuff up. You know, I'm going to confess that. Even if others don't, you know, turn to Galatians chapter. No. Amen. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. I didn't write the rest of it. I didn't write the next verse. But again, the peace of God is the fruit of Walking in the Spirit. Second best Bible advice I ever got. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. The very best Bible advice I ever got is in the same verse. And look at the end of the verse. I'll read it again. The whole verse says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which, ye, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. That right there is the key 
the true key to Bible. That's the very, thankfulness is the very essence of Bible Christianity. Amen. So I want to pray to you tonight on thankfulness. Father, we do come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we're thankful tonight we can do that. We're thankful for the freedom that we have to meet here, and with everything going wrong with our country, uh, it is by far, I do believe in the bottom of my heart, the best country on the planet. And I pray uh, for our government, and I pray for uh, our countrymen, and I pray that you might see fit to use some of us to lead our countrymen to Jesus Christ, because that's what this world needs. Father, I thank you, God, for the privilege of standing in this pulpit and the friends that we've made here and the friends we're making even this week. I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for the grace of God that brought the truth to me. I'm thankful for my dear wife, and I'm thankful for the book that I'm going to attempt to preach. I love you tonight, Lord. If there be one in our midst that is not saved, I pray that tonight be their night, and it can be. I love you, Lord Jesus, and I pray these things in your precious, precious name. Hey, Amen. I talk about thankfulness, and let's face it, we all have an awful lot to be thankful for. Uh, some of you, I say, how you doing? And uh, you respond with, better than I deserve. Boy, that's the truth, man. That is so profoundly true that it almost becomes routine. Uh, don't forget the uh, importance of that very statement. We've got a lot to be thankful for, and since we do, Hebrews 13, 15 says this, By him, Jesus Christ being the contact, by him, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Sacrifice of praise to God, I correct myself. Continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. The sacrifice of praise is just main, nurturing and maintaining a thankful spirit. You say, but Brother Spurgeon, there's things going wrong. I got, I'm going through it. I know. I get that. I get that. We've been through some stuff. We'll probably be through some more. Amen. This is, we're not in heaven yet. Amen. But it says this, and Paul wrote it in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks. Uh, it doesn't say for everything. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, I've, seen some of my, I've seen some of my brothers and sisters go through some stuff that I can't see anything thankworthy in it whatsoever, just to be honest. Uh, the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And uh, I think the people that love God go through some stuff. And if it wasn't for a Bible verse, and I believe the book's true, I'd have a hard time with it. I noticed it doesn't say for everything. And you might be involved in something that there's nothing to thank God about, but boy, in it, in it, in that trial. Boy, there's some comfort that, that comes from knowing who's in charge, who's in control. Amen. It says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We were talking earlier about somebody that went through a great trial of affliction, and, 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 and then it, that became the very vessel by which 
God was able to minister to someone else because of, because of what they've been through. The Bible says, comfort one another, where with the comfort ye were comforted. If you've never been through nothing, it's all just. And it may be true because it's Bible, but we have credibility because of our experiences. Amen. And people will relate to somebody that they feel understands where they've been, what they're doing, or what they're going through. Amen. So it says, be ye thankful. There in the bottom of verse 15, and I was praying uh, it was a while back, and I got the, I went down the list and everything I could think of, and, and it just occurred to me that I just started praying for things I was thankful for, and I'm going to give you a message tonight based on some things that just came to mind. Amen, no homiletical, you know, outline, which tells you my wife didn't write this for me, brother. I know he's worried about that. Uh, but first of all, take your Bible, go to uh, Romans chapter 5. Here's how you can tell my wife doesn't write my messages. She's much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> Amen, I've said some things from the pulpit that I guarantee you she'd have never wrote and when I do, I don't ever, I don't even look, because I know it's, <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, and look what it says, and it's a very familiar verse, and the Bible said, but God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Committed means offered or made available. Amen. And, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful that God commended his love toward me. I'm glad y'all got in on this, the ones that are saved, but I was praying and it just, I was thanking God that he committed his love toward me. Not because I'm in a jail cell and I promised that I was going to clean up my act and I'm sorry for everything I did to get me in trouble that I deserve to be in. And that's the jailhouse religion routine and it doesn't always happen in jail. Sometimes it happens down here. Sometimes we go to the, we go to the cross, if you'll let me say it that way, to get the heat off. Uh, I'm talking about being thankful that God commended his love toward me, uh, not because I promised to be a good boy or never do it again. I'm glad that, I'm thankful, that God committed his love toward me, not because I promised to start doing stuff. Oh, I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll read my Bible. Uh, or, or quit doing stuff. Oh, I'll never smoke dope again. And people bargain with God all the time. And, of course, I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't know you could do that. So I was just being real honest and admitted I was a filthy, hell-deserving sinner and, and got in on the grace of God. I didn't realize you could play games with God like so many have taught me. <laughs> well, you can't, but so many do. I'm just glad to be saved. I am God, glad, I'm thankful that God commended his love toward me, and that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Now, you hear me? This thing's personal to me. Amen? Uh, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has written, that thou, that thee, that, that's personal. 
And that's the way you ought to look at it. And I was just looking at it that way and thanking God uh, that he committed his love toward me. And I got news for you. God committed his love toward all of us the same way. What do you mean? Isn't that why we were yet sinners? Christ died for us. You know, what's interesting about that is knowing every detail of your life. I mean every word, every thought, every detail of your life. <laughs> he still went to the cross to make salvation available to you. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Not only that, he knew how sorry we were going to be sometimes on this side of the cross. And he still went ahead and did it. He committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The gift of God was made available to us in our worst state. <laughs> I've done favors for, favors for people that didn't appreciate it and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and later regretted it. Man, I wish I wouldn't have done this or done that. People want to be appreciated. I'll tell you, the most unappreciated person that ever lived was Jesus Christ. Amen. I've done favors for people, and, and, and then they didn't appreciate it or just took me for granted and uh, regretted it. But God, God, not God. God knew what he was getting. <laughs> he knew us from, I mean, inside out. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says in Psalm 103 and verse 14, For he knoweth our frame. Uh, he remembereth that we are dust. Amen? Boy, he, we're the ones that forget. We're the ones that clean up our act a little bit. We're the ones that maybe never made some of the terrible choices others made. And we start thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. And every one of us, the Bible says all flesh is grass. That means every one of us was capable of every wicked thing. Right. Amen. And, uh, and so Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, for example, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Amen. Or, or, or in 1 Corinthians 8, he said, And if any man think, <laughs> we got a problem right here. We think more highly of ourselves than we should. And if any man think he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing. Yet as he not to know. Oh, you've been in church five years, you've read some Bible, you've done some witnessing, read through your Bible a few times, in five years you're going to back and say, whoa, I can't believe what I learned in five, and then another five, and another five. And no matter where you are, and you might be doing great, but you ain't arrived. And if you stick, and if you stay in, if you take it seriously, you'll be amazed at what God will reveal to you when you're ready. Now, if you're satisfied with punching the clock religion, going to church when it's no conflict, if you're satisfied with that, that's the equivalent of staying in the baby pool. And American Christianity is satisfied with that. I was never satisfied with that kind of thing. I always had to push a little harder. And, uh, boy, when I got... When I got put with this bunch of Bible believers, I found what I've been looking for all my life. Say, what do you mean? Something real. Something worth believing. Something worth dying for. Something worth living for. Amen. Say, haven't you been disappointed? 
My biggest disappointment meets me in the bathroom mirror every morning. Amen. Who am I to be critical of anybody else when I've got so far to go? And the same goes for you. Amen. We need to be thankful that God committed his love toward us and while we're yet sinners. I'm thankful for that. That came up. Now, Ephesians chapter 2. And, and I touched on this this morning, and I thought about this. And I asked God what to preach, and, and, and I thought, well, God, I used some of these verses. He said, shut up and do what I told you. And I'm glad he talks to me that way. Maybe that would hurt your feelings. Well, not in this church, because, like, put up a kid. I don't want to say it. Uh, I had to wait till Melanie left the room to say that, because I don't want my favorite Canadian to be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. If only I could get you two once in a month, you know. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Let me just say it again. Tonight, I'm thankful God's rich in mercy. Psalm 50 and verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. You see, preachers throw that out. It's actually Bible. And then Psalm 95 verse 4 says, In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. So he doesn't, truthfully, he doesn't just own the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills. Actually, it gets 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 26. For the, it says, for the earth uh, is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So he owns the hills, he owns the cattle, he owns the planet, he owns everything. And in light of all that, the Bible makes a point to say that he's rich. In mercy. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. If you didn't go there, you can go there now. We'll look at verse 1. And I'm thankful that uh, that he's rich in mercy. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, And you have the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now that certainly applies to the worst of us. Amen. Verse 2, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You know what I got to say about that? Guilty as charged. No doubt about it. The Lord's got your number. The Bible's got your number. That certainly many of us that were brought out of the horrible pit and the miry clay. should be able to amen that. But I just want to say that, that that rich in mercy thing, every bit, as I alluded to that this morning, every bit applies to the best of us as well. Remember, Ephesians chapter 2 is also an epistle, also a letter that was being read to a New Testament church. And in verse 3, he says this, Among whom also we all, had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And somehow it's real easy to look at this group or that group or this person or that person and just, just not be able to fathom. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to say it again. That could have been you. 
And outside of the grace of God, it might have been you. And God being rich in mercy was a blessing to everybody from the uttermost to the guttermost. Amen. Prior to being born again, everybody in the air was dead in trespass and sin. And the penalty, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Uh, and I'm here to tell you tonight, if you've never been born again, that describes you still. And we're glad you're here tonight. And everybody appears to be, you know, breathing and, and everything. But on a spiritual level, if you've never been saved, scripturally born again, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing, you're still dead in trespass and sin. And I would like to encourage you to uh, 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 take advantage of the remedy <laughs> that God gave us for that. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, hold on, but have everlasting life. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Brother Kevin Thomas II, he asked me uh, if I accept, when he's doing the offering, he said something about Bitcoin. Do you accept Bitcoin? Now, you know, I don't want to appear dumber than I am, but I don't really have any idea what that is. I see you out there. And, uh, but I saw a picture of them on the internet. And you know what they remind me of? They remind me of those little chocolate, remember? I mean, did they? And so don't leave your Bitcoins out in the sun. They might melt, you know, that's what I, okay. What, uh, what, why did you say that? Well, dear brother handed me a bag of these and I looked down and at first I thought they were Bitcoins, but they weren't. <laughs> I'm glad God, I am so thankful that he commended his love toward me. Aren't you? Aren't you glad you didn't have to clean up your act? Man, I'd have had so far to go, it would have never, would have never pulled it off. Amen? But uh, every one of us had a problem we couldn't address. And God commended his love toward us, who, Jesus Christ. Uh, in that while we we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says God's rich in mercy. He's rich in everything. But boy, that mercy, man, is a precious, precious thing by which you can get in on the grace of God. Take your Bible, go to Romans chapter, talking about grace now, let's go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. And uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, now I'm talking about being thankful, and this is my little list, and uh, if you're saved near tonight, and I know what you guys get, I know what you've been fed as far as uh, uh, the Word of God, and I know you would be in agreement uh, with me on, uh, on uh, everything I'm saying, except Bitcoin, that thing. But, uh, but uh, you know, I'm here to remind you. And just like I get reminded of things when I read my Bible or I hear preaching, and that's what this is all about. And it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, Moreover, the law entered, that the offense might abound, but where sin entered, grace died did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by, uh, by Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, the first time I read that, boy, I remember the day the law entered, man. They kicked that door down. They had a battering ram. They had bulletproof vests and, and M16s. And, boy, before they got done, they took everything I owned, including me. And by the time I got before a federal magistrate, two hours later, the offense abounded. 
and I was no bonded and I was very unhappy and it occurred to me early on that my praying mother had been asking God to do something to put me in a place where he could get my attention. And the best thing ever happened to me was getting saved. No doubt about it. But the next best thing ever happened to me, I mean, if there's something just under that, it was getting put in a place where I could hear the gospel. Amen? What are you saying? I am thankful that God had more grace than I had sin. I've run into a few men through the years that didn't believe they could be forgiven. I ran into a Vietnam vet in uh, Missouri one time. Nice guy, been coming to the church, wasn't saved, didn't believe he could be, believed he'd done some things God couldn't forgive. And I sat there and I preached uh, one morning and he came to the altar. And my understanding is he'd been to the altar before. He was a tender-hearted guy. He knew he wasn't saved. He knew he would, certainly would go to hell. And he'd go and he'd pray for other people. And I got down there next to him and I started talking to him. And he told it to me. Same thing that the preacher had said. Here's his stand. And I talked to him for a few minutes. And he told me that he didn't believe he could be because of things he'd done. And I don't know what he did. I didn't ask for details. But I was able to open that Bible and show him that no matter where you've been or what you've done, God's got more grace than all of us put together got ability to see. That guy got saved. That guy got saved. I am glad that we're set abound. Grace did much more abound. Listen, when uh, I was, uh, I was uh, going to my first church service, I was in jail, and I, they wouldn't let me out of my cell because I was a troublemaker, and I know it's hard to believe. And, uh, and uh, there's a fella there that said, uh, what do you got to lose? I was preaching, I told somebody this, I was preaching in, uh, in Mansfield, Ohio last, last month, 125 men, and I used this guy as an illustration, and I said, this one fella, he said, you know, what he got to lose and got me to where I could, I heard the gospel. And I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to hug his neck, and buddy, I didn't have to wait that long. 31 years later, he's still in the system, he came to me after the service. He said, I'm Bobby Howard. I didn't recognize him. Uh, he didn't recognize me either. We are both quite a bit older. Amen. But I'm glad. I didn't think God would, would forgive me for the things that I would, had done. But uh, after all, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the next verse says, being justified freely by his grace. We're talking about thankful for his grace uh, uh, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Not only is his grace abundant, it's absolutely free for the asking. But you have to ask. You hear me? Bible what said where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Boy, I was praying that morning, I... I was glad of that, boy. I was glad of that. And then uh, Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1. <coughs> <coughs> Acts 
Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Familiar verse. It says this, and uh, it's the Lord speaking. He says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That about sums it up, doesn't it? And uh, I'm just thankful tonight for Christians that witness. I'm glad somebody came to the jail and told me about hell. I'm glad they told me about what Jesus Christ did for me to, to make a way for me not for me not to get what I deserved. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I didn't have a, an epiphany. I, I didn't turn over new leaf. I didn't have a spiritual awakening. I, I would have never. But I heard the truth, and the truth spoke to my heart, and I was a little hard-headed. It took me a couple weeks to respond to it. But, boy, I tell you, I'm glad somebody came and gave me something to respond to. And what they give you? Brother Spurgeon, your opinion? They give you the Baptist Covenant? No, they just came in with a King James Bible and told me what it said. And they didn't get no points for it, and they sure didn't get paid for it, and we didn't take them no offering. <laughs> and I'm really thankful. Amen. We do personal work. You do personal work. I was driving down to the restaurant today, and so I pointed out, that, see that corner right there? I've been street preaching with this church there and over there through the years. We'll be in Walcott next Saturday. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Might have been there yet today, but you didn't tell me. I was a little busy. I get it. I get it. I was probably CJ was supposed to tell me, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. And, uh, and I'm just thankful for Christians that witness. We're supposed to witness. In personal work, I, I, I've heard people say, are you saved? And, and they go, that's a personal matter. They must have grew up Methodist like I did. Well, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. didn't talk about the greatest thing that ever happened to you in your entire life. The greatest thing that ever happened to the human race is that Jesus Christ went to a cross. And, uh, and oh, that's personal. In other words, they don't want to talk about it. Well, I'll tell you what, okay, okay, that's a little weird to me. Uh, but I, I understand everybody's not real outgoing like maybe I am, you know, until you're rooting for your favorite team or whatever. You got it, right? What do you guys have up here? Do you have any teams? Are, you not, are Yankees fans up here? I'm from Ohio. So we have the Browns. The Reds, who else? The Bengals. So in other words, if you're from Ohio, you don't even think of sports. And the people from Ohio, because our professional teams are so terrible, um, they're Ohio State Buckeye fans. And Ohio State Buckeyes do pretty good, but I've been street preaching down on the campus, and you get around any campus in America, and they are usually the most vile, wicked, hateful. People get educated above their pay grade, and uh, so I don't root for the Buckeyes neither. Amen? But I'm telling you what, whatever you're rooting for, uh, uh, I usually have some excitement or enthusiasm. And uh, there's just a problem with me if you can brag on anything and then be reluctant to tell other people about your Savior. That's just, I don't get, I don't get it. I'm not judging I guess I was. 
Let me tell you something. That Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 11. Now, we like verse 9, uh, you know, Confess to thy mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. Verse 11 says, Whosoever believe, for the scripture saith, Whosoever believe in him shall not be ashamed. I give an invitation at a correctional facility one time, and, and, and uh, you know, they bowed their heads, and I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 guys raised their hand that they wanted to be saved. Head bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer, all that religious stuff. And I said, all right, look up here. And they all look up. And I said, now a bunch of you guys uh, raised your hand that you wanted to be saved. And uh, I said, now I want you to stand up. Stand up. Everybody's looking. No heads bowed. And they're all nervous now. And one guy finally stood up. And then another. But they got to look around. You know, and I told him this. I said, if you won't stand up in front of these folks and proclaim that you just trusted Jesus Christ, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for that little prayer. That book says, Paul said it in Romans chapter 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first, and thank God also to the Greek. That's where we got in that. Amen. I'm glad. I'm tell you what. I'm glad somebody came down and told me. I'm glad somebody wasn't ashamed uh, to take a stand. I'm glad somebody wasn't uh, 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 unwilling or ashamed to witness. And then I'll tell you what. Three weeks later, I made bond and I went to the little church that guy came from and found out. You know, there's a hundred more people there on the backside of Dayton, Ohio, and they weren't ashamed of Jesus Christ either. And I had a preacher that preached this book and told us to get a handful of tracts and get out there and ask God opportunities to hand them out. Now, I understand everybody didn't get that kind of upbringing in the Lord, but I'm sure thankful I did. I'm thankful for some things. Amen? Uh, first time I ever went on a street corner, I'll go ahead and tell this since it's really early. So, brother, I go on the street with Brother Mike Constein, and he's in a wheelchair from Vietnam. And uh, he's handing out tracks, and some guy came up to him and got in his face, and I grabbed him almost, yeah, that was fun. I just, let me confess, that was really fun. I thought, this is good. We get the fist fight down here. I've been doing it for years. And, uh, and uh, so then he, then he started, he started uh, exercising his throat. And they taught us about the buses and how they load and unload and how many seconds, how many minutes you'd have and how to track the ones getting on and the ones getting off. There's a science to this. It was fascinating. And then he started, mm, and I'm going, uh-oh, what's going on? And he's warming up his vocal cords. I had no idea. I haven't saved a year. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, man, that bus pulled up, and then people are at the bus stop, and the people start coming off the bus, and he leaned forward in that wheelchair, and he says, how shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? And I'd never even heard of street preaching, let alone seen it, let alone was prepared for that. And all these people looked up, and I said, oh, boy, we're going to be in for it now. <laughs> and it was amazing because nobody got. Then he says to me, all right, Brother Spurgeon, it's your turn to <laughs> For what? And that's what we were down there for. He was my teacher. And he says, now it's your turn. And I said, Brother Mike, I'm not a preacher. I don't know what to do. You know, he said, 
Just tell them what happened to you. And that next post pulled up, and I said, The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That was like one of the only verses I had memorized. And I said, Last November, up in cell two, up there on 220 West 2nd Street, I bowed my heart to Jesus Christ. And he saved me. He forgave me. Amen. That was my first shot. It gets easier. After that, what are you saying? I'm talking about being thankful. The verse said, be ye thankful. And, and I'm thankful that God gave me a witness to tell me and put me around people that are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Some of you, you aren't ashamed to say you're a Yankees fan. Amen. I'm okay with that. But wouldn't it be a crying shame if you wouldn't proclaim your Affection for Jesus Christ, too. Amen. All right, last of all, and I read the verse this morning. I'm going to wrap it up. It said in John chapter 14 and verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Uh you know, the part of that verse that jumps out at me is that when I come again, I'm glad he's coming back. Now, if I got to ride this thing out till I die, and I might have to, I don't know, many saints go home, uh, amen, that's fine. Either way, if you're born again tonight, you're a winner either way. I am looking forward to the Lord coming back. You're going to be amazed at how quickly he straightens out all that garbage you're consumed with every day on the news and on the Internet. He's going to dash that fast, and it's going to be like, ooh, why was I so caught up in that foolishness when my coworkers and neighbors and family members are on their way to hell, and I'd rather argue about vaccines and masks and flat earth, help me out, Lord, I want to name about six more stupid things. <laughs> when you've got the truth of the word of God that will determine where they spend eternity. I'm glad, I'm glad that he's coming back. I'm glad he's prepared a place. I'm glad tonight, I'm thankful that I know where I'm going. Amen. Be thankful. If you're saved near tonight, you've, been, you've got a lot to be thankful for. I didn't give you one new thing you didn't know. You've been in church very long. But it's always good to be reminded. Amen. If you're in here and you're not saved, well, I'm thankful to be able to tell you that it's not too late. And you can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross for your sin. The Bible said he died for our sins according to Scripture. It's in our we didn't make this up. This ain't our idea. Amen. He died for us according to scriptures and that he was buried and rose again the third day. According to scripture, Jesus Christ did that so you and I would have a chance. We're glad you're here tonight. I mean, I go to churches where sometimes the unsaved visitors are nicer than some of the church members. Probably been true about me before. But I'm going to tell you what, being a nice person, being a good person, even being a faithful person to church won't get you in.
Jesus Christ will get you in. If you're in here tonight and you've got a shadow of a doubt, you can clear that up. And we can't do it for you, but we can open a Bible and help you if you'd let us. Maybe some of you know exactly what to do. You've just never, I like this, pulled the trigger on it. You don't have a guarantee you're going to make it home tonight. Let's think about it. Then you'll have something to be thankful for. Right now, if I ask you, and you can mention your family, you can mention a lot of good things. But would Jesus Christ be at the top of the list? If you're saved here tonight and Jesus Christ is not at the top of the list, you need to get your priorities back the way they should be. And he understands. I'm not guilt tripping you. He understands. That's why it needs to be mentioned. In the Bible, it needs to be mentioned from here. Let's all stand. Love them songs about thankfulness. I've seen different groups. Danny and Didi Hall used to sing a song about being thankful, buddy. It drove me to my knees every time. We've got a lot to be thankful for. Even in our trials, even in our struggles. If you're saved, you're not going to hell. That's something to be thankful for. That ought to have more impact than, than it does. And the reason it doesn't sometimes is just because of our stinking flesh. And we need to get that flesh in a place where, well, a place of submission to God so that we can see things the way he sees them. So we can leave here this night, this week, a little more lined up with what would be a pleasing to him. Uh, make us vessels more meat for the master's use. That's what we, that ought to be our goal. We want to be able to be used of God. You ought to want to. I've learned that you can be saved and that not be on your priority. The flesh doesn't give in easy. It doesn't want to set its affection on things on earth. Or it doesn't want to set its effect on things above, but on things. And that's the fight. And some Christians aren't fighting, and they should. And some have gave up the fight or backed off, and they shouldn't. But that's how it is. So we have meetings once in a while. We have church every week. We have meetings once in a while and try to get lined back up spiritually. Amen. So we can fight another day. So we can stand. So we can be found faithful. And uh, like that put on thing. None of that's going to happen on its own. You got to make up your mind. One of the best songs, and it's just, I think it was, it's not a kid's song, but it's a simple song. And that thing, I decided to follow Jesus. Boy, one time I got to humming that thing. And it's a decision. And the first thing is getting saved, but after that, to live the life of a child of God as a Christian, it's a decision. And we need to make it. We need to renew it. You know, sometimes married people renew their vows. And sometimes in the military, you re-up. Sometimes you recommit. We need to just recommit to follow Jesus. The Lord spoke to your heart. The altar's open. What's on, what, what page number? 217 in your hymnals. 217.